Welcome, everybody, to the Above the Rim Game Day podcast brought to you by the Penn Champions Club. I'm Vince Curran, along with Steve Donahue. Big Five Classic coming up this weekend, Coach Donahue. But before we jump into that, let's just take a quick look back at the Cathedral of College Basketball Classic last weekend at the Palestra. Three games, three days, a lot of miles on the tire at the end of it. And it's funny, like the, the game that Penn doesn't win, I actually thought we played the best in. And uh, I, I look at that Belmont team and say, wow, they got a lot of pieces. Um, but before we get into that, give me your thoughts on, on last weekend and how you thought it went. You know, um, to play three games uh, this early in the season in a row, I think gives gives you a bunch of information that otherwise you would not have. You usually play a game, you wait four days, you play a game. Uh, I love that aspect of it. I can really dive into each night and where we're at and how we can get better. Uh, and for the most part, uh, I thought we learned a lot. We have to continue to play better. Uh, and, you know, we came within a, an overtime of sweeping it. So it was a good weekend for us, man, man. So going to the Lafayette game, which is the game where I thought was probably not, not our best uh, outcome, I, I noticed during the game it looked like uh, Matt Langle's fingerprints may have been all over their game plan. They looked like Lafayette was taking Vanderbond, jumping the ball screen and doubling and pretty effective at it. And then, and I say Matt Langle because Mike McGarvey coached with Matt up at Colgate. So I have a, a feeling watching it that there was some familiarity there and that contributed to how we were able to run our offense. Yeah, I, I think you have something there for sure. Mike McGarvey, uh, an Ursinus grad, as you may not know there, Vin Man. I did mention they were the ninth Ivy on the broadcast. Appreciate you saying that. Of course. Um, they they schemed it up pretty well, I thought. I thought in the big kid gave us trouble at the rim. Um, and then um, I thought we eventually came about going with the four guards, which you saw later in the tournament as well. And our ability to eventually get some consistent stops uh, helped us. But I, I thought us bringing in the four guards the last eight minutes and playing them uh, the way we should have all along. But um, I thought McGarvey and their staff did a great job. Um, I thought they played really well that game. Um, and they're young and inexperienced. But for us to come out with a win, as you said, not not our best effort. I was in. I was encouraged. Vanderbond seems to uh, rise to the occasion when he sees the red and blue uh, across the the, uh, the the court from him. Yeah, he, uh, he definitely protected the rim that night. So jumping back to Belmont and and what a, a an astounding sophomore class that they have, uh, and they all played. They they took turns whether it was Gillespie or Tyler uh, or Dia, like they they took turns leading them in spots and and I, this is more of a general college basketball question how do you keep a team like that together right given that everybody's going to be looking to poach guys like that immediately what do you do as a coach well it's a it's a new world Vin man and unfortunately or they're paying uh, out of a collective at Belmont they have that established the kid Dia was a top 100 recruit out of high school went to Vanderbilt and transferred and the kid Tyson's a flat-out NBA player. Uh, there was four scouts there uh, to see him that day. 
By the way, they won Wednesday night by 20 at Northern Iowa. Um, they're a really good basketball team. And my concern was that they they moved the ball so well. Uh, I didn't know if our defense was up to it. Uh, I was kind of disappointed early on in our shot selection. Thought it got better. Then we went to the zone. We got ourselves back in the game. Um, and I thought it was a good learning lesson. And I thought we showed the next game that if you do take really good shots and you limit teams to one, that you have a really good chance to win. And jumping to the next game, you change up the starting lineup. I thought putting George Smith on Xander Rice was tantamount to the success. I, you know, we said on our broadcast a lot of time how George's injury last year probably cost Penn two or three games because he's our best perimeter defender. He's our best on-ball defender, and he's tough as hell. Do you think that's a lineup you will continue with going forward, or are you going to continue to adjust by what you see on the other side? Let me touch on George Smith. Uh, you're right on about him. He's a plus 42 on the season, a plus minus. It's not even a close. Him and Lachikowski are far and away the best plus minus, and their net ratings are off the charts as well. George can guard numerous guys. It just happened to be a really good guard that we had to shut down. So George's physicality, his understanding of what it takes to score – and being able to guard that, and then he can guard bigger guys. So um, to answer your question about going forward, right now I'm really happy with our ability to move the ball and guard multiple positions with this lineup. It'll be interesting to see when we play a bigger lineup, do we have to make other adjustments? The other thing that gives us the chance to do this is the ability that Tyler Perkins and George do at rebounding. We're top 50 in the country in offense and defensive rebounding. And at their size, to help us on the boards uh, is, is enormously important if we're going to go small. Funny you talk about playing bigger teams, and you, you saw Cam Thrower have a bigger role against Villanova. You saw him have a bigger role against St. Joe's to a large degree. And now you get a team that was not quite as long or not quite as athletic and you, you're mixing and matching other pieces. So I thought Sam Brown had a terrific uh, tournament. Sam is, um, he's been good since he arrived on campus, a little bit uh, more mature than your typical freshman, understands the game. What is surprising me the most about him, uh, despite uh, missing a dunk, he's a very good athlete. He guards. And to me, He's our really our best point guard. He'll he'll let the open man. He'll make the right plays. He guards multiple guys on the perimeter. He's got a great future. We could see it coming on the dunk attempt. It was like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is it going to get? Uh, oh, what he no forgot? Good. You forget. You forget. You get tired out there. It's not layups anymore. You got to have some legs left. Well, he got himself a couple extra stats out of it as well. He gets himself an offensive rebound and a stick back. So, you know, the old Moses Malone padding up that statue. <laughs> exactly. So looking forward to this weekend, triple header down at the Wells Fargo Center. Penn LaSalle is the second game. I'm sure you've watched – well, we've played St. Joe's. We've played Villanova. I'm sure you've watched LaSalle, Temple, and Drexel. Give us a little bit of thought on, on the other two matchups, and then let's talk about what you see in LaSalle. Well, Drexel Villanova is an incredibly intriguing matchup. Obviously, the first time Drexel's in the Big Five and they're playing who's been the king of the Big Five for 20 years. Um, I think it's going to be a great game. 
the build, uh, excuse me, Drexel has a top 25 to 50 defense. They protect the rim. They can match some physicality of Villanova. They haven't shot the ball well, and they're going to need to shoot the ball well against Villanova to win. The other game, Temple St. Joe's, I just think St. Joe's has played really well this year. They stubbed their toe like we did on a, on a team that they probably shouldn't have lost to. Outside of that, they take Kentucky to overtime at Rupp. They beat Villanova at Villanova. I think Temple's going to have their hands full, and Adam is just getting his program started. Um, I really think Villanova's going to have a terrific year in the A-10. St. Joe's having a terrific year in the A-10. Yeah, I'm sorry, St. Joe's. And you think Zach Spiker yeah. might break out the zone against Villanova? I mean, we talked about it on the last one, how – at Villanova gets played man-to-man. -man. They look like world beaters. Somebody throws a zone at them, and they look like they have no idea what they're doing. I mean, you got to think Zach Spiker has seen the two losses by the two local or two, the two local teams. And they can say, well, I'm, I might want to consider this. Yeah, it's funny, Vin. You you touched on and laughed at Maryland. Well, they didn't. no one did it to them in Atlantis either. Crazy. They won the championship, and Billy did it. And I thought it, it you know, it stagnates them. It's it's definitely, and I wouldn't be surprised if Zach does that as well. So I talked a little bit with Dunf last week, Coach Dunphy, and uh, just kind of catching up. I know he's been watching our games. I'm sure you've been watching their games. I know uh, in terms of who he would want to play, I'm sure it's not you. And I have a funny feeling you feel the same way. Talk a little bit about what it's like playing against somebody that you've spent so much time together with and you know, just getting through the game and getting to the relief of it at the end where you can go back to rooting for him. Yeah, I was pulling for him so hard the other night. And the LaSalle Temple game was a classic triple overtime. And I just would have loved to have seen him in the championship game and us playing someone else than Dunf. Uh, him and I, I played each other a lot. He's gotten the best of me most times, for sure. Um it's it's a, a difficult one for all of us, including you, Vin, man. We we love the man. He's been great to us. Um, that being said, when you go between the lines, it's what I learned from him is nothing matters at that point. You got to compete. And jumping back to that game, that LaSalle Temple game, it, it, each team seemed like they had it on ice at several points throughout the end of regulation and then overtime and then the next overtime. It was just one of those games that – I think if you're a, a Penn and a Fran Dunphy fan, you're saying, oh, come on, like, let's get this one across the finish line. And, and it looks like it's almost there. Then Temple hits two big threes at the end. And I'm still not quite sure who Temple is or, or what they are, but they're going to have their hands full with St. Joe's on Saturday night. The Quakers taking on LaSalle in the second game. And then Drexel Villanova, I think when when the folks at the Wells Fargo Center uh, put this together, they were not planning on Villanova being the JV game to warm this thing up. No, uh, but I do – let me touch on the Big Five Classic. I think this is something that if it doesn't uh, be a smash hit this year, my hope is that it will be at some point. It celebrates the Big Five, which I consider the city's fifth franchise. This is, this is a treasure that's very unique to Philly. I thought we had to do something to enhance it, and I, I feel like it's gaining momentum and – I love that we're doing it. Our players are excited. I hope the fans uh, support it as well.
So you're not counting the union in there. You're not a big soccer guy. I mean, the stadium's like <laughs> six minutes from where you grew up. They're not. A, they don't count soccer. This is the world's game. Uh, anything but a pitch. I, I should count the pitch too, Vin Man. You're right. My bad. Well, good, Coach Donahue. Well, good luck this weekend. I'll be there calling it. You'll be there coaching it. And I'm sure we're going to have a wonderful afternoon. Big Five Classic. Penn Quakers, LaSalle Explorers, right around 4.45 p.m. Don't miss it. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Above the Rim Game Day podcast brought you brought to you by the Penn Champions Club. This is Vince Kern signing off for Steve Donahue.